Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another fascinating, engaging episode of... Mutants. Slayers. And Jedi. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yes, hello, everyone, and welcome back. Hi. 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 (laughs) (laughs) We can do that for a while. I know. Say hi over and over again. Um, So, Giselle... What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yay! Yay! Sorry, that was loud, but I'm really excited. I know, me too. Now, you are the one who suggested this movie. I was. I've heard only fucking amazing, fabulous, awesome, wonderful things about this. Like, nobody has said a bad thing about it, and they were correct, because it's fucking awesome. Giselle, what did you think? Completely agree. All of my friends who had seen this were so hyped up and they were telling me, you need to see this movie. You need to see it. When you suggested it, I got really excited because, well, I guess I have to see this movie now. <laughs> womp, womp. Womp, womp. What a chore. But honestly, I was so fucking impressed by this movie. I cannot, oh, I cannot overstate that enough. Absolutely. Yeah. I think everybody's right. Go out and see this immediately. Stop whatever you're doing. Pause us and go out and see this movie because it's fucking great. Yeah, it's uh, like really good. I just I'm like so excited to talk about it because there's so many different things I want to talk about about this movie. So I'm really excited. That same, both exactly the same. If it's still, I know we record these a little bit ahead of time, but if you're listening to this and it's still an option to see this in a theater, absolutely do that. This is a movie meant to be seen on a big screen, hands down. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I mean, the, 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 the graphics and the, the animation, the special effects and, you know, whatever, what have you, the cinematography, the, I mean, just all of it, the character designs. It was just great. It was just great. It was like a feast for the eyes. It's fucking awesome. Loved Absolutely. It. Completely awesome. 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 Yeah. Going on Long Island on you guys. But, um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Slipping into my natural Long Island accent. Um, no, but it's really, it's really great. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I want to talk about it. Okay. Okay. So, so, how should we start? How should, well, um, so, hey, since we're on the subject of Sp- Spider-Man, Spider-Man, so how, Spider-Men, Spider-People. Spider-People, Spider-People, yeah. Spider-People. So, amongst all the ones you've seen, all the Spider-Men movies that you've seen, how would you rank this of the ones that have come out? I think this is probably number one. Right. I think this is, like, number one with almost a bullet. Like, I mean, Spider-Man Homecoming is really good. Mm Spider-Man 2 from the original Mm -hmm. Sam Raimi run was really, really fucking great. Mm -hmm. Like, those three are probably my top tops with this one, obviously. Yeah. But I think this is the one. This is, like, the one to top, to meet, to beat, to try and get ahead of because it just hits all the notes that you could expect from Spider-Man and has Mm -hmm. so many great characters and moments and it's funny and relatable and the animation is fucking great. And it's like nothing you've ever seen before. And it's really cool. No, I completely agree with you. When I walked out of that theater, I remember thinking this is the best Spider-Man movie they have ever made. I'm not going to regurgitate everything you said. So yes, everything you said, (laughs) 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 everything you said. And also what makes this movie so cool is because I think one of the things that makes this one so particularly good is because we've had those previous movies, because it's built upon what they have created. We have that knowledge with all the pop culture, being fans ourselves, whether from the comics or from even if you're just from a fan of the movies, 
it builds on that. It uses those emotional notes and it makes them even greater. Just seeing all these different characters interact, it's just so exciting. And I just love the story they created with this. And also the fact that it's a Miles Morales origin story. And we have not seen this on the big screen before. So finally seeing this iteration of Spider-Man was so fucking exciting. And they just nailed it. The development, the pace, when we finally see his moment, when he finally rises to the occasion it's so fucking exciting sorry i'm gonna i'm just gonna be like ah, all over the place right now like, <laughs> no and i think that's what this movie kind of does to you because it makes you excited and it makes you like totally enthralled with everybody's character and yeah. what they're going through and it's really fucking cool and it's really nice to have a character from a very different perspective and point of view telling the story that we're kind of all like used to seeing like yeah. this so familiar to us at this point that it's such a nice kind of departure from it while maintaining all those familiar things that make you feel comfortable and like, oh, this is like slipping on a pair of shoes, but like, oh, now there's like, you know, there's a little lift to them. And you're exactly. like, yes. you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it has this great ability to sort of entice new audiences and old audiences and just meld it together. It's really it's fucking kind of perfect. No, beautifully stated. I was having such a difficult time articulating it, but that's it in a nutshell, taking something familiar, but turning it into something new. Because I know a critique people have had with previous Spider-Man movies, it's like, we've seen this story before. But and, I mean, like, even in Spider-Man Homecoming, I think it's so nice that they don't show exactly. the Spider-Man and the, and the Uncle Ben situation and all that crap again, basically. Yeah. But we kind of needed that with this. We needed some hints of Miles Morales and how he becomes Spider-Man because Mm -hmm. it's not Peter Parker. So we're like, you know, like we're thrown in, we're kind of told how Peter Parker becomes Spider-Man because we're all so used to that. We're like, yeah, yeah, his uncle Ben, Aunt May, great, 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 great. Mm -hmm. But like Miles Morales is just like a totally new character that we've never seen before on the big screen. So really fucking exciting to kind of like learn how he becomes Spider-Man what that means and how it all kind of works in this, this version of the story. Totally. So since this is a multiverse, how do you think, I mean, I I think I know you're going to answer because I have the same answer. Like, how do you think, (laughs) how do you think they, do you think they successfully dealt with this concept of the multiverse when they were? Um, Yes. I mean, I think so. I mean, I think you, it's interesting because while I love this movie, I don't think it's, necessarily built for every age group you know like Mm -hmm. i think young kids young 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 kids six-year-old kids it's just like so much thrown at you that i don't think they're going to necessarily stay engaged Mm -hmm. throughout the whole thing so i think but for like older audiences i say probably 13 and 14 and up like Mm -hmm. done you know what i mean like i think it's just like so engaging and so interesting for that age group and up that Mm -hmm. um i think introducing a multiverse and all that stuff is a lot to take on kind of. Um, but I thought they did a really fucking fantastic job introducing it, giving us quick rundowns of the characters while maintaining this momentum of the story without losing traction of what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. Um, which can be really fucking difficult because as we all know, we can go into like this real deep explanation of all the stuff, basically Mm -hmm. exposition heavy, shit and kind of like get bogged down and lose our momentum and lose our story. And I think they've dodged that bullet really, really well. I completely agree. And that's one of the things I liked about how they dealt with this concept of the multiverse instead of getting too far deep into exposition. And this goes into the whole theme of the movie. It's like you're watching a real life comic book. 
mm-hmm. as, as far as going into the imagery, the graphic design, and even how they explain things. I love how you'd see the cover of a comic book every time they introduced a new spider person, which I thought was so fucking clever. And how they did the quick rundown of, yes, this is how I ascended into my own spider person. They'd give mm-hmm. a little bit of their origin and the way they showed it. And not even just with the backstories, but as you were watching the story itself, it was like looking at a comic book panel. I thought they did that successfully, like introducing them and also just the characterizations, the way they interacted with each other. It was so, such a joy to watch. And also, I'm such a sucker for the idea of a multiverse in any kind of fictional narrative, just because that's something we talk about in the real world, parallel reality. So whenever a story addresses that, I think it's so exciting, especially when they do it right, because you get to see these different versions of characters. How is this person's life different? Why? What differentiates them from each other? And I also appreciate how they were not afraid to go to the level of absurdity that they did bringing in Spider-Ham. I just love how they said is a fucking rock star and possibly my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> I know. So I just appreciated that they looked at the concept they were doing, embraced it and said, Oh no, we're going there. We yeah. are going to go to that level. And they did it beautifully. And it made the story even that much more fun to watch. Absolutely. And I think what's interesting too, is like, we don't, there's no normal Marvel universe in this movie. Like, every single one of them is a different universe. Even the Miles Morales one is a different universe mm-hmm. than what we've seen him in before. Um, so I thought that was really, really cool. Like, we don't really get... Like, this is all new universes. We don't really know the world we're entering into. Everything can... Anything can happen, because everything can happen. And I think that's really fucking exciting. You know, like, Miles Morales was introduced by Brian Michael Bendis into the Ultimate Universe, and he was taking over the role of Spider-Man who in that universe is killed, but in a different way than I think he is killed in this movie. And he was much younger than this Spider-Man was and didn't have blonde hair, you know, like mm-hmm. they made all these points of like, Oh, this is a different Peter Parker. And yeah. then we're introduced to a different Peter Parker again, who's also not from what's called the 616 universe, mm-hmm. which is like the normal Marvel universe. And I know a lot of Marvel editors hate the term 616 whatever, but that's like the terminology. (laughs) Anyway, it's out there. So that's like the normal Marvel universe, but that's not even where this Peter Parker is from. Yeah. 616 universe is what you're reading in the comics now, which is not about an overweight, divorced Spider-Man. You know, it's not. Gwen is pretty close to to the universe that she was introduced to. Mm -hmm. She was a lead singer of a band. She did get bitten by a spider. Uh, spider. She got bitten by a Spider-Man. That would be funny. Um, she, <laughs> <laughs> she that's like a, a different. Spider- that's a different multiverse. They didn't go into is someone became Spider-Man because Spider-Man bit her, and it's like vampire yeah. Spider-Man. That's actually how it gets passed on. I love that idea. We that's just copyrighted it. If you if you steal this from us, we have proof. We recorded it. We Spider-Man. 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 We just created a Marvel character. If you steal this from us, we will go Liam Neeson on you and find you. All right, great. So continuing the podcast. <laughs> we have a certain number of skills. Um, <laughs> we don't, I don't think hunting people down is any of them. But um, no, I think that, yeah, I think they just did a really good job. You know, I could do a brief rundown of everybody, but I think mostly those are like the main three. And I think, you know, Spider, uh, Spider-Man Noir is like, a newish principle they introduced in the noir universe with all the Marvel characters that was based in like 1930 and was like very like detective agency noir mm-hmm. dark stories that had like X-Men and Spider-Man I think were the primary people at the end we're introduced to Miguel who's like another Spider-Man you have to save for after the credits guys Miguel is introduced at the end and he is from Spider-Man 2099 which was like this 1999 comic very 90s where like they're like what happens in 100 years from now and anyway great 
And then, who else? Oh, Spider-Ham was introduced, I think, in, like, the 70s. He's just, like, a ridiculous cartoon version of Spider-Man. He was, like, a pig. It's, like, like, amazing. It's just, like, an animal version of our world. Um, It's great. Obviously, James is way more knowledgeable about the comic origins than I am. So, everyone, (laughs) please sit down and listen to James. Educate us. Just do a brief rundown of the characters I'm more familiar with. Penny, Penny, I actually don't know that much about. She mm-hmm. is very much a newer incarnation. She's very cool. They very animate her up in this, which I don't know if that's part of her origin, but I think there's probably a lot of like that sort of influence character, obviously, because she still has that big spider robot, and that's sort of part of her story. Love her. I thought she was hilarious. Oh my um, God, she was great. Probably hits on some tropes and stereotypes that we're not all great and keen on, but still loved her. I thought mm-hmm. she was fantastic. Yeah. Who did I miss? Did I miss anybody? Oof, there's a lot. I know, but that's what's so cool. <laughs> and you know, that's what's so impressive that they got this ensemble and they yeah. pulled it off. They managed to give everyone just enough beats, just enough time. So no one just felt like they were there. Everyone got to contribute to the story. Absolutely. And I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's a really, really interesting story. I think the characters are really engaging, and I'm just excited to see, like, what else. You know, like, I, I know this is, like, more of, like, a Sony thing, because mm-hmm. obviously they are still, like, main owners of Spider-Man, and they're, like, lending them out to Marvel movies, and it's complicated. All that legal, legal agreement that I don't understand. It's all over my head. But I'm excited to see if Marvel takes this idea a little bit and runs with it, and kind of does their own animation stuff and like maybe there's something yeah. there or do other stuff with the Spider-Man verse, which I'm down for. I want oh to see God. more Miles Morales like tomorrow. So yeah. I exactly. Thought it was when we saw this movie, when we were recording this, it's about a month after the movie was released. When I saw it, that theater was practically packed. I just think it's so cool because unfortunately a lot of times people tend to just assume that an animated movie is quote unquote for children and not worthy of the kind of attention that a live action movie would get. So I think it's cool that people are recognizing animated films have just as much quality and just as much merit as a live action movie. Absolutely. And that's, and I think yeah. This movie has benefited from great word of mouth and a golden globe win. Yeah. It you just can't bash awards when they actually help get a movie to get more attention and that it d- justly deserves. Like Absolutely. I'll be honest, these days I don't typically pay too much attention to like what movies win awards and whatnot, but this is one of the rare times when I get excited and I'm so supportive. I'm like, yes, win that award. Get that attention. You deserve <laughs> it. Get that money. No, yeah. I think because honestly, like I think it being successful and earning more money means that the studios will see that as a good investment for future properties mm-hmm. and like experimenting more and trying different things. It, it benefits us all because honestly, it's like we can't see the same superhero story over and exactly. over and over again. And it does get really repetitive and boring as we all have sort of talked about Spider-Man and like at a certain point, it's like really refreshing to see Miles Morales going down, tagging stuff in the subway system with his uh, with his uncle right. and getting bitten. And like it, it's it's a very different twist on a somewhat similar story right but it's really refreshing and he is such a fun cool character his family life is very different and it's just great i thought it was really really great 
as far as it getting attention on top of it being an animated movie and showing the merits of a story that just happens to be done in this specific form of storytelling. Also having a main character like Miles Morales and having it be successful. Just the fact that he's a cool character. He's interesting. Everything you said, interesting family life, the dynamic with his uncle. It's a great story. But then also having this character who is Afro-Latino being a superhero. That is so important because let's be honest, we don't get to see a character like that, especially a superhero character like that. We see it rarely, if at all. So having this be just well done, given the attention it deserves as far as a talented writing team, a talented director, talented graphics, you could tell they made this with a lot of respect. And I appreciate that. They didn't just throw it out there like, yeah, we'll just make a Miles Morales story and just get whatever. A lot of care went into this and you see it when you watch the movie. You can absolutely fucking tell. And that's important. Mm -hmm. No, I think that the proof is in the pudding. Like it's like all of the work. It doesn't seem like it's on screen, but you can feel the love and the passion behind the project. And I thought it was really, really interesting. um, The different twists and bends that we kind of go through with Miles Morales. And we kind of have these moments where the spider group is all together and they've decided like he can't go with them to like fight Kingpin and like end this weird dimension opening portal because Wilson Fisk wants to get um, his wife and kid back who died in this universe. So he's opening up this portal and I love how personal it is. I Mm -hmm. love that even like for a villain, we get to really get to see how personal it is for him. Mm -hmm. And we get, um, once you make things personal on a, like, even if it's going to destroy the world, but he's like justifying it in his own mind because he can't live without his wife and his kid you understand you feel for him like that's strong storytelling you know and then you get the parallel of like miles morales trying to save his parents and his father and like there's a lot of like great kind of textural crunchy meaty storytelling that's going on and it just makes it so much more engaging and so much more interesting than just being like yeah it's stuff yeah, he's a villain. Yeah. He wants to destroy the world. Maha. And then you know. he has to save the world. Maha, because I'm a good person. Exactly. No, it made it personal. And I love the villains that they chose for this. William Fisk is one of my favorite villains in the Marvel Universe because, at least from the stories I've seen, they typically make his stories very personal. He's an oddly relatable villain, even though he is a terrible person. Like, you do typically feel for him because they give him personal motivations. Yeah, just all the crunchy storytelling with that relation between him and Miles Morales. They're both coming from a place of this is something so important to them on such a deep, emotional, personal level. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so I, unfortunately, I have a 10-story high pile of to-read comics list. (laughs) So... So because of that, when it was revealed that Uncle Aaron was Prowler, I didn't know that. That reveal in the theater made me so sad. It was so good. Like, it was such a great fucking moment. But it also made me so sad because, no, Uncle Aaron, no. And then Fisk kills him. And I like how they made that twist with the uncle dying. The Prowler, don't feel too bad because the Prowler originally isn't his uncle. Like, in the normal Marvel universe, it's not him. And his name is... I don't know that much about him because I don't read like that, that, that much Spider-Man story. You've read more than I have. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so don't feel that bad about it. I don't think he's related to him in the actual, I mean, the original one disappeared in like normal Spider-Man has been around for a while. Wasn't related to Miles Morales because he appeared before Miles Morales was 
around. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, so then whoever made that choice, that was an excellent fucking choice for the story because that thing you said, the theme of it being personal, the fact that he just thought I'm going to fight this bad guy, but then no, it's personal. One of the bad guys is his uncle Aaron. We'll have that one person in our family. We have that special bond with. Absolutely. I love that they made it his uncle and the fact that his uncle turns out he's ultimately a good person he's just made some bad choices and you see that and then the death scene is so heartbreaking but also perfect when you're watching stories like oh this is so sad but it's so good absolutely no i think they did a really really good job and they made the right decision to do that in the movie i mean he okay so in the ultimate universe the iteration of the prowler is miles morales's uncle but the prowler is the character has been around in like the regular Marvel universe since like, I don't know, 1969 or something like he's mm-hmm. been around the block. He's been around for a minute and obviously was not the uncle of Miles Morales. I think he was just like some dude. Right. He <laughs> <laughs> was just like some guy. Um, just his name general was- evil dude. Number 40. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Oh great. So I can like try to get money and like, work with James, Jonah Jameson, J. Jonah Jameson, Mm -hmm. try to take down Spider-Man, like all this hubaloo. I don't really know that much about him, but yeah. So he's, yeah, they've had like different versions of the same characters. So never feel bad, especially with like characters that are like kind of lesser known, like especially the Prowler, like, okay. Um, (laughs) You know, like let's calm down. You know, I think that he's, you know, he's going to be well, more well known now than he ever was before. So mm-hmm. there it is. You know, okay. like, that's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I thought, yeah, I think the twist of it being his uncle, if you didn't know, if you didn't see that coming, was so powerful and so strong oh, and made it so it was, interesting. It was yeah. so, it was such a great moment. And something they excelled in with this movie was leading up to certain moments because it made them that much more meaningful. Leading up to that moment where we discover the Prowler is his uncle and they have that sad heartbreaking moment of they both have the reveal with each other. You know, this is Miles Morales and then that's his uncle and they're just looking at each other. I bring up the concept of these beautiful buildups because the fact that you establish their bond, you establish their relationship, creating that art together and the underground tunnel and then talking about trying to like flirt with girls and the whole, and another thing they excelled in with this movie was setups and payoffs. There are so many. And I love how one of them was the shoulder touch. (laughs) And the fact that since Fisk killed his uncle, he used the move his uncle taught him to ultimately take down Fisk. And I was like, that is fucking awesome. Yes. It's a real three beat. It's like Mm -hmm. the three beat is like the first time he's practicing it with his uncle. The second beat is him doing it with Gwen Stacy and fucking up her hair. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Gwen. Poor Gwen. And then the third beat is him doing it on Kingpin as Mm -hmm. a total twist on what the expectation Mm -hmm. were. Totally throwing everyone for a loop and being like, oh, okay. He's using a flirt move to take down the main villain of this story, you know, and using what his uncle taught him unbeknownst to him in a different way. Right. Um, which I thought was really, really great. And, and like a twist on expectations, like what you're expecting to happen. And then, you know, you're really expecting it to like work on Gwen eventually or something. Mm-hmm. You upend that and like change it up, make you not expect to see what you see. Exactly. Really cool. And that's something this movie played upon very well is this whole ongoing theme of twist of expectations. One of the writers, Phil Lord, if you're familiar with his other work, the Lego movie, Clone High, 
He directed the first 21 Jump Street and wrote 22 Jump Street. He is someone who's really good at taking expectations and twisting them. And in a way that it makes it excellent storytelling. So that with William Fisk, the final moment of the movie, using that as a form to defeat him. And then another moment that I loved was when Miles gets bit by the spider and you think it's going to be a sequence of what's happening to me. But instead he just sees the spider and goes, eh, and flicks it off. <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. I love, I love that because like in the original one, it's such a big reaction, like Peter Parker's reaction to getting bitten is so over the top yeah. and like you know such a moment and then in this it's sort of like oh man get bit yeah our whole theater just cracked up yeah it was great it yeah. was really really great yeah. I think that um yeah no uh, like you were saying my theater was completely sold out too every seat was filled mm-hmm. and it was I mean I had just it was like last week that I saw this so it's still yeah it's still selling out so at this time of recording like mm-hmm. it probably won't be anymore or maybe we'll have left theaters by the time we put this out but um do try to see it it's really really great I had a question for you yes. if you had to pick one which spider character is your favorite or would you want to have rescue you oh have rescue me oh that's two answers Three to this different questions so yeah you can take a okay. two-parter Okay. Thank you. Thank you. As far as my favorite, which is a difficult, I love them all, by the way. I want to make that quite crystal clear, (laughs) but I think, oh, okay. If I had to pick one, it would be number one, Spider-Man Noir, just because they made him so cheesy and over the top. And the fact that they got Nicolas Cage to voice him, I was like, that is perfect. And I love how they really had fun with that iteration of Spider-Man because the fact that he would talk about, are you going to get crushed by the moral ambiguity of having to be this kind of vigilante? Like they really played upon that noir characterization. And the fact that he was black and white and he was like having so much like trouble with the Rubik's Cube and being like, I don't know what this is. But I'm taking (laughs) so many colors (laughs) and he couldn't identify colors. Like, I love that. The one I would want to rescue me, I think would be Peter B. Parker because kind of schlubby Spider-Man wearing sweatpants makes me so happy. I'm like, that would be me if I were a superhero. Like, I'm going to want me to rescue me, though. I, well, no, no, no. I want someone better than myself to rescue me. <laughs> but I just, I love the whole concept of Peter Parker, a little older. He let himself go a little bit. He's on the down and out. And just the fact that he wore sweatpants for the majority of his time on screen was fucking delightful. So he's the one I'd want to rescue me because I'd be like, oh, no. And then this dude shows up wearing sweatpants. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> It's a letdown, dude. Yeah, no, so I just, so, just so I could be that jerk and be like, really? Sweatpants? Really? That's really? what we're doing? I, I'm dangling from a building right now. I'm upside down. Blood's rushing to my head. I probably don't look so great right now, but really you, dude? Sweatpants? <laughs> that's a choice. That's a choice. So yeah, that's the one I would want to rescue me just so I could give him crap. Right. That yeah. makes sense. So I return that question to you, that two-parter. Um, okay, what was the first part? Or who would I? Who's your favorite? Oh, who's my favorite? I can't remember my own question that I just asked. Um, okay, so my favorite. That's hard. Right? I really it is- love Spider-Ham, though. Oh. Spider-Ham cracked me the fuck. I mean, Miles Morales and Spider-Ham are, like, neck and neck, basically. Right. I think that's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but Spider-Ham, Spider-Ham just had some lines that were really oh, funny. God. He was, like, at the end where he's like, here's, here's a, ha- a mallet. You can hide it in your pocket. I was like, that's crazy. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? And then he's like, this first introduction was like, 
it can get weirder. Yeah, and he's just like, and the way, and they animated him perfectly, so he he literally, he just looks like the Looney Tunes character, just like, bloop, 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 bloop. He doesn't belong at all. It's great. Yeah, and like, also the design with his character, I love how he had eyes where his eyes should be, but then he had eyes where his snout were, and they moved with his eyes. I loved it. They just And then his snout would move and like make his... Russians like his eyes. Oh, it's so good. I know. It was perfect. They embraced the absurdity of the concept. They embraced the absurdity of each individual character, which if they hadn't done that, it would not have been a successful yeah, yes. telling of the story. No, absolutely. So, no, he was great. So who wait, do I want to have oh, rescue? That's right. Who do you want to rescue you? Probably blonde dead Spider-Man because he was the hottest. <laughs> uh, you mean Chris Pine Spider-Man? Uh, yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, hi. How are you? How are you doing? <laughs> Oh, no. Damn it. <laughs> but oh. yeah, he was like the, the hot Spider-Man. Well, so. yeah. I mean, and Miles Morales is good looking, but he's too young. Well, and like, he's, he's still, he's still a kid. Noir is like too serious. And Spider-Ham's a ham. And then um, Gwen, Stace, Gwen Stacy's fabulous. I love her, but she's a woman. So I was about to say, I mean, let's be honest for a moment. If we're going to get rescued, you know. Yeah. Well, like, like, yeah. Let's, let us have our fantasy. <laughs> Don't judge us. Don't you dare judge us, listener. <laughs> we're allowed to have our wants and needs. God. Gosh. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you to judge us, person? We have no idea who you are. Gosh. <laughs> Judgy. <laughs> uh, Judgy. Uh, Judgy. Yeah, but definitely. I mean, I love Gwen, Gwen Stacy. Is great. Oh yeah. She was funny and like she knew what was going on and like she knew her shit and her backstory is basically her backstory from the comics. So mm-hmm. yeah, and she's called and okay, so we're calling her Gwen Stacy. Uh, uh, Spider Gwen. But that's like what she's kind of referred to as, but she's actually Spider Woman in her universe. And then now I think she's being called like Ghost Spider or something. Spider, I don't know why. But I haven't read her recent series, so that would be why I don't know. But okay. she's really great. Oh yeah, and she sort of came from the popularity of like Gwenpool, which was like this whole takeoff of like Deadpool, but it was Gwen Stacy being Deadpool. And she know her twist is that she knew she was in a comic book, while ah. Deadpool knows like that he's a fictional character sort of, or can break the fourth wall right. while well, she's, she's actually in a comic book. Like she knows like what's going on. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. 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 So that's funny. I so like she's it. sort of, and she has a really funky pink costume, leotard deal. And she's, Oh, just, I think I've seen imagery of that. She's a wackadoo. She's a, it. and then it. she has dyed pink tips at the end of her hair. Ooh, cool. I love it. That's Gwen's awesome. great. Gwen Poole is great. Yeah. You mentioned earlier. And actually, like, my cousin's kid's favorite character. That's of awesome. Marvel. I know. I was like, that's hilarious, and I love it. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. all about it. So you mentioned pretty Peter Parker that we get introduced to in the beginning of the movie, who unfortunately gets killed by Kingpin. So that brings up something I wanted to point out. When they showed the trailer for this movie, the beginning narration we see in the movie is in the trailers narrated by, by Jake Johnson. So we know that Jake Johnson is closer to the Peter Parker that we are familiar with as an audience. But when we see the movie and that same title sequence happens, I could tell it was narrated by someone else. And I remember thinking, that's not Jake Johnson. Who's that voice? I know that voice. And it was bugging me so much because I I could tell it wasn't Jake Johnson, but I recognized it and it was annoying me. And then it finally occurred to me, that's Chris Pine. Mm -hmm. Oh, he, I, (laughs) but what was so cool is they were so clever with the marketing strategy because I had no idea he was in the movie. Right. And, and so I thought it was clever that they did that. So we actually saw more spider people than we anticipated seeing in the first place, which made it even sadder when his version of the character got killed. But I thought, blonde Peter. yeah, blonde Peter. 
Blonde Peter. That's what I always called him. Peter. I was like, oh, Blonde Peter's dad. Aww. Also, when they said Blonde Peter's age, it freaked me the fuck out. Because I'm 33 now, and I guess it's shocking to me. Like, these characters don't age, obviously. But, right. like, they're like, and he's 26 years old. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like he's 26 and already married and has his life <laughs> and, like, together. <laughs> What's that like? But, uh, that's uh, fictional universes for you. These char- characters don't age. That's right. Also, high suspension of disbelief, where superheroes and people having their crap together by the age of 24 happens, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Spider-Man, I mean, Peter Parker, like, as far as, like, superhero characters go, is, like, the least having of crap together ever. So, Mm -hmm. that's nice. Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) He's, like, never been the one to be like, let's model my life choices after Peter Parker, which is, like, no, don't do that. (laughs) Terrible. So we have blonde Peter, Chris Pine, who I don't know if you guys know, he's like kind of pretty and handsome and, you know, yeah. like. He's fine. He's like kind of good looking, I guess, if you're into that. I don't know. You're into like startlingly good looks and like, you know, good acting ability and whatever. And like, yeah, yeah, if you're into that, I don't know. Like to, a nice body and like, you like, know. Like, yeah. To each. To each. Smile that like charms you immediately or whatever. Right. And he's like really funny um, and, ch- and charming and. And like, like a good person or whatever. Yeah, like a really cool human being in general. If you're into that. If you're into that. If you like that sort of thing. If you're, you know, to each their own, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so you have Chris Pine voicing blonde Peter Parker. Has his life together. Married. He's the hero we all want to be. And so I love that Peter B. Parker, schlubby, sweatpants wearing Peter B. Parker, is voiced by none other than wonderful Jake Johnson who is our generation's vision of the adorable, endearing schlub, <laughs> whom yes. we all love. Yeah. And I just thought, that is perfect casting, because yes, this is voice acting, obviously, but I think it's thoughtful when you take certain performers who are known for playing certain kinds of roles, and you, you hear it. You know, you hear their voice and you get that image and you get that characterization and it helps to sell the character. Like you were saying before how you're watching a movie and it's so well done that you don't even at the time maybe even recognize like this is very well done because you're just so engrossed in the story. Part of that is having picking these specific actors to do the performances because they do such a good job that you just immediately believe it. And it's not until you're thinking about it afterwards that you understand why. Totally. And what I kind of like too is like they're not all just like huge big names yeah like, I don't totally know all the people. like jake johnson obviously was in the new girl but like not he's not crazy famous you know right. like i you know to me like even watching it i was just like i don't really know who any of these people are which is fine and then like at the end i was like oh nick cage was in this you know like i didn't do any research before seeing the movie so i just kind of went in blind which was i and i only i've, I've started this new thing of just watching one trailer me too that's it. Me because too. If I'm interested in seeing it after that, then I'm going to go see it and then I can analyze and talk about it and figure it out from there. I do the exact same thing now because I'd get so excited for something that I would grab any little bit of information I could, but then I'd wind up inadvertently spoiling myself for the story, then I'd get sad. So I've started that as well. Did that for this movie, and I'm so glad that I did because after the fact, I looked it up online so I could like watch clips because I was all hyped up and I wanted to engage in it again. No, no, no. And I'm in in the same way. Like, I'm like, oh, great. I want to find out who's in this. I want to talk about it, like, figure out, like, how the IMDb page up, like, see who's who Mm -hmm. and all that good stuff, which is great. Um, and they all did such a good job that it was like awesome. Did not recognize, for instance, uh, Lily Tomlin at all. Didn't know that was her voice. Thought she fucking was awesome oh. as Aunt May. I was like, Lily Tomlin. God damn, this is 
fucking hilarious and perfect. I mean, we've talked about, for me, the age thing is still so weird for <laughs> the original Aunt May and Ben Parker, but I think this version, gray hair, not that old. You know, it doesn't look that old. Right, because since hair. he's in his mid-20s and having her look like that, that makes a lot more sense than him being a young teenager and having her look like she could be his grandmother. You pointed this out on Twitter, and it didn't even occur to me until people started pointing it out that it is kind of absurd that Aunt May has always been as old as she has been, considering how young Peter was. It's like, yeah. when did y'all have kids? Like Exactly. Who, and was, like, was there a huge age difference between, right. I think it's Ben's brother ben's brother and you know like they're like peter parker's father and mother how old were they when they had you know when Mm -hmm. they had him in comparison to aunt may and ben and like it's just like such a mess to me that i'm just like it's such a strange choice but like i guess at the time there were a lot of like older aunt Mm. characters in fiction and you know steve dicto and stan lee were like great yeah. Older the better? Well, just mark, roll like, with it. Sure. Superheroes, age difference. supposed to be the great aunt, you know? Yeah. Like, what's happening? No, okay. totally. And it's funny because I know a lot of people commented on and made a joke about the fact that in Spider-Man Homecoming, we have Marissa Tomei and how young she is in comparison to how old Aunt May has typically been in these stories. And then Absolutely. you think about it. And realize that actually makes way more sense than all the Aunt Mays we've had before as far as the age difference. Yeah, she's like 50. And looks amazing. Amazing, obviously, because she's Marissa fucking Tomei. And Marissa Tomei is fucking amazing looking. But, I mean, so is, uh, oh my god, what's her name? Who is is the other Aunt May from the the cancelled Spider-Mans? Oh, Sally Field. Sally Field, of course, you know, who also looks amazing. Yeah. She looks amazing. But also, like, every time they, like, reintroduce Spider-Man, they're like, let's take Aunt May just a little bit younger. Yeah. Let's let's, let's, make her a lot younger. Let's make her a lot younger. Yeah. Yeah. And in this one, it still made sense because this Spider-Man is supposed to be, like, 26, 27. So having Aunt May at that age, okay, that makes sense. And honestly, I didn't recognize her voice when I was watching it. There were some voices I did recognize, like, eventually Chris Pines. I immediately recognized Jake Johnson's. Nick Cage, he has such a distinguishable voice. There were some I were able to recognize when I was watching it. But a lot of them, it wasn't until the credits came, like, oh, that was so-and-so. That, that was Leif Schreiber. I love Leif Schreiber. That's awesome. I had no idea that was Leif Schreiber. I had no idea it was Nick Cage. I had no idea it was Lily Tomlin. And mm-hmm. I had no idea. I was like, they could have cast a bunch of unknowns, and I would have seen this movie in like, I don't know who any of these people are. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know who any of them were when I was watching. Obviously, they're fucking great actors. So, them doing a great job acting, I was like, great. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I was like, cool, great. Yeah. You know, whatever helps you get your movie funded and, like, get this out and promoted. And that's why you hire somewhat bigger names to, like, help. You know, like, I don't know who. I've never heard of Shamik Moore, who plays Miles Morales, who did a fucking great oh job. Oh, my God. Shamik Moore did such know, a Haley good job. Steinfeld, oh. I think. Haley Steinfeld, I think, is a singer. Haley Steinfeld is a singer and actor. Yeah, she was one, unfortunately, I didn't recognize when I was watching it. But as you were saying, that's not really the point because they did such a good job that even if you didn't recognize them, it didn't matter because they sold the characters. They were the characters. That actually is a stronger point to me. Like, I think, like, Zoe Kravitz as Mary Jane, which is fucking awesome, off-the-wall casting, which I thought is fucking cool. Did not know that was Zoe Kravitz. No, me either. Her job. She went in. She did her fucking acting. She, she has a small role too. She doesn't True. say a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's you know probably why it wasn't like oh who is who's that because she's like I don't know has like maybe fifteen lines. 
Mary Jane, frankly, is barely in this movie, but I thought it was really cool that it was Zoe Kravitz. And that part of the fun of this was afterwards just watching the credits roll and seeing all these names. And I got retroactively even more excited, for instance, for Olivia Octavius, which, by the way, appreciated so much that they gender bent Doc Ock. They got Katherine Hahn. She's this amazing comedic actress. Absolutely. I think what's cool is like they pulled things from other universes, like Olivia Octavius was in a different alternate dimension than Miles Morales, I Mm -hmm. think. So it's cool that they like pulled a lot of different stuff and sources Mm -hmm. and material from uh, different basically from these stories. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's Spider-Man's been around for so long that you're like, yeah, great. Just keep pulling in different versions of these characters and making the story different and interesting. That's it. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. It's like the guy who was like the sidekick to Kingpin. His name is Tombstone. Yeah. So he's been around the block forever, too. So he's like another Spider-Man villain that's always been like up his butt, basically. He's been in like the cartoon. He's been in the comics, obviously. he's. I think he's part of the regular 616 universe, but mm-hmm. who knows? Like He could be pulled from any verse. He doesn't really talk at all in this, so we don't really get any sort of insight as to who he is, but I thought he was like a cool visual nod to like another Spider-Man villain character that they didn't need to put in, but it was just fun to see him there. You know, like I love Olivia Octavius and I love that. I like that building the world. Absolutely. And on top of all the world building and the thoughtfulness behind making this story, including our own pop culture awareness of Spider-Man. So the fact that they teased the Raimi ones, they included him dancing and then (laughs) I love that so much. It was so good. Yeah. And then like talk about that. Yeah, we, we, no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. And how they included like our feelings. So you can tell that they're fans or even if they aren't fans themselves, like they know what's important to the fans and not to the point where they're pandering, but just so that it's even more enjoyable to watch it. If this is something that you happen to like, if you're, you've been a fan of it and even stuff from our own world, like the sad Spider-Man popsicle. Where it's all melted. It's like, I was, I was a popsicle. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of thoughtfulness behind it. Another example of that is the post credit scene. So going back to just watching the cast list in the credit scene, you see all the people that we mentioned. And it's funny because in the cast list, they had interesting person number one and interesting person number two. Interesting person number one is played by Oscar Isaac. And then Greta Lee is interesting person number two. And I remember thinking, wait, Oscar Isaac was in this? How did I? No, 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 no. I'm a creepy fangirl. Like I totally would have spotted that man's voice like in a heartbeat. And it was kind of bugging me a little bit. But then the post credit scene happened. And he was playing Spider-Man 2099. So I thought that was cute that they didn't even list who they were. It added to the surprise. And on top of that post credit scene, the fact that they referenced that meme that goes around of Spider-Man pointing at each other. I was like, that is fucking awesome. I loved it. Where he was like, stop pointing at me. You're pointing at me. Yeah, you're pointing at me. No, you said it. No, I was pointing at you. You're pointing at me. I'm pointing at you. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a really nice touch because that's such a huge part of our pop culture is that specific meme. So the fact that they went out of their way to include that. So it's like, I love the fact that that meme is now technically canon in the Spider-Man universe. Like that's just part of Spider-Man universe now. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about briefly, uh, the, the Stanley cameo. <gasps> Um, mm-hmm. it was hard to watch mm-hmm. um, after him being, you know, after he's he is now know, ascended. He is now yes. 
in the great beyond looking all in Valhalla and he's in Valhalla. <laughs> he's now Odin. We pretty <laughs> exactly. Odin yeah. Lee. Yeah. Um, he is. But I think, uh, yeah, it was really hard. I think it was sad. I, I got sad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, especially when he was like, I already miss him. And I was like, Ooh, mm-hmm. and you know that they wrote that before, you know, like, okay. So Spider-Man, the blonde Spider-Man dies. And Miles Morales is like, there's going to be like this, great memorial service for him yada 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 so but uh, miles morales goes to buy a spider-man costume to like experiment with his new powers or whatever but first he's like has the suit on and he's going to go to the um the memorial service and stanley is the the store owner Mm -hmm. and he's the scene starts basically with him going i already miss him and i was like (laughs) so it was like really impactful like packed a punch to me and i was Mm -hmm. like yeah and say what you will about Stanley, and I know people have opinions about him claiming claiming ownership of characters and all this stuff, but I think at the end of the day, he was just um, a really fucking great person. And no, totally. Uh, great. So, no, as you were saying, a lot of people have opinions, and that's completely understandable. And even so, I think he still helped to create this fictional world that we have all become so emotionally invested in <laughs> and has affected us. And it's inspired people to create themselves and become storytellers. And I think that's important. Yeah. That scene, it was definitely impactful because everything you said, and then the line he says in the movie, when miles is buying the suit and he, he's like, Oh, I don't think it's going to fit. And then he just looks at him and says, eventually it fits. And, and I was like, <gasps> I know. Me too. <laughs> 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 the the theater I went to to see this movie, it's a dine-in theater, so mm-hmm. you can get like some nice little food, you know, a little higher-end food and snacks if you so choose to watch a movie. So I'm sitting there, and I'm eating boneless seasoned chicken wings during not knowing the scene is going to happen. So here I am just stuffing my face with food, having a grand old time watching this movie. And then the scene comes up and there's like half a chicken wing hanging out of my mouth. And like my <laughs> eyes start tearing up and I'm just oh. like, <gasps> I'm still eating. Of I'm course, a, but I'm a delicate flower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pretty delicate feeling flower. I need some more ranch dipping. (laughs) But no, but in all serious, but in all seriousness, that was, I think a lovely cameo. And it's interesting how much it ties into recent events with him passing away with what he said, what was said in the scene. And it was a lovely, I think last moment to, I mean, I'm sure we'll see him, you know, and like, right. I mean, he pre-recorded, I think, Avengers stuff, Captain oh, Marvel. Stuff. He knew. So he's going to be around for a little bit longer. Oh, because he knew. But he's I, like, oh, y'all <laughs> thought I was gone, folks? No, 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 no. You know, they're going to dedicate every movie oh, yeah. for a while to Stanley's memory and all that stuff, as they should. Great. Yeah. But um, I just thought the lines were so apropos because of what Absolutely. had just happened mm-hmm. in the movie and in real life. And I thought it was just, um, it was really touching. Absolutely. Like kind of perfect in memoriam. Yeah. Moment this creator of Spider-Man to be talking about Spider-Man yes. and like us connection, connecting that loss to Stanley. It was pretty fucking cool. It was yeah. powerful. It, absolutely. Kind of it, was, it was powerful. And then when they showed that last quote before the credits about how anyone can be a superhero, I was like, yeah, I know. Like, Almost died. <laughs> I know. I, I'm not kidding. It was a moment of so glad I didn't wear mascara today. 
I'm not uh, crying. Nope. Not a grown yeah. woman crying in a theater. <laughs> nope. Not at all. Nope. Seeing a Spider-Man cartoon movie crying. <laughs> Fine. I'm not one of the oldest people in this theater by herself crying. That would be weird. <laughs> that would be odd. Were you the oldest one in your in your audience? Oh, no, I don't think so. I, I was going to say, I was like, because there were like all age brackets when I went to see it. And I was like, this is cool. This is great. Yeah. It was really touching and lovely and sad, but also very sweet at the same time. And it was, it was really cool to see that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm excited to see more basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I think that it'll be really cool to see what else they do basically with like creating this universe and maybe expanding upon it. And I'm just, yeah. I'm down to see what else they got totally. in store. I'm curious, do you have a favorite scene that stuck out to you the most from the movie? I think I like the scene where basically they're introducing all the spider characters. Like they go into this sub basement with Lily Tomlin mm-hmm. being over the top Aunt May, who's just fabulous. She yes. like kicks open the back door and like shows them like this shed. And he's like, do you have like this in your universe? To like be Peter B. Parker. He's like, yeah, it's exactly the same. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, this 26 year old is more successful than anybody else in this entire movie. Um, <laughs> he's got his like, own lair. He's got uh, various suits. He's got like a, a spider cycle. He's got multiple suits. Like you were saying, he's got like a, a, a freaking car, spider car. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? Um, so he's more successful than the normal Spider-Man. He's more successful than Peter B. Parker. He's, you know, yeah. He's just, yeah. He's yeah. winning. And I, and I love how Aunt May in this is a total tech genius. And uh, I've got this. What, how about yourself? What was your... Oh, so, uh, oh, sorry. So my favorite part of the scene is when they're all down... They go down into the, this, this area, the sub-cellar area of this shed that's in the back. And it's, like, very high-tech. And then it's, like, all these other characters. We're introduced to Spider-Man Noir. We're introduced to Penny Parker. We're introduced mm-hmm. to Spider-Ham. Yes. my favorite. And then, yeah, and it's really this great scene of, like, all of them telling their their background stories and, like, all of their origin stories through these pages of the comics again. Mm-hmm. It's just fucking great. It was just such a good time. Especially, like, a big comic book nerd. I love seeing, like, the comic book covers yeah. and, like, how they're telling the stories and, like, what, yeah, it was really fucking cool. Yeah. How about yourself? My favorite scene is when Miles finally... All the other spider people, they're going off to the collider to shut it down. They're like, no, Miles, you can't come with us. You're not ready. But then Miles finally decides, no, I'm ready. And then he sprays his suit black and makes his own symbol. You can tell it's made with spray paint because that's the art he and his uncle did together. So it's very personal. So he's finally embracing his power and becoming Spider-Man. It's him leading up to this moment where he finally jumps off the building for the first time, truly trying his powers and that whole scene was so beautifully executed because you have this excitement building up and by the way the soundtrack of this movie was fucking awesome want to make that point very quickly so we have this song playing i think it's called what's up danger he's jumping off the building and it's this beautiful shot of when him jumping for the first time and then the camera is actually upside down so even though miles is falling you actually see him rising from Mm -hmm. our perspective and i was like yes visual story fucking telling (laughs) yes 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 i sorry i'm like nerding out so hard because when you have thoughtful filmmaking and storytelling it's stuff like this that happens when you recognize you're using visuals you're using music you're using characters and just really 
telling something beautifully in every aspect. So you see him rising and just like every shot from this movie, every screen cap is like art. So it's like just this beautiful, visually beautiful moment. And also the symbolism behind it is so cool with him just rising. And then just the sequence after that of him finally using the spider webs that Aunt May made for him. And he's just finally having fun, able to use his powers. And he's like running between the cars and with the music playing and builds up to this amazing adrenaline moment. And it's so exhilarating. And there's just something undeniably cool about watching a character embrace their power and their potential for the first time. And since we haven't seen that with a Miles Morales iteration yet, it's so fucking refreshing to finally see this character embrace their power. It's not Peter Parker. It's Miles fucking Morales and it was just so fucking exciting like I got so pumped up and I kid you not when I went home I found that clip on YouTube and I probably watched it like 10 times in a row I was like this is so fucking cool I love this yes it's really really great and like I love that they kind of upended the with great power comes great responsibility Mm -hmm. kind of like changed that to take the leap and like made that kind of the catchphrase and so we kind of get this great decision moment where like Miles Morales has to finally take that leap and like take it all on and take a chance and like do what he thinks is the right thing and that's just yeah it's really powerful and it's always great to like make your hero have to make a choice put him in that position because that's where you know you tell where people are heroes or aren't heroes or like where they're kind of deciding to draw the line make mm-hmm. their decision stuff like that and that's character that's just like great character yeah like, you know like otherwise it's just you know, choose your own adventure bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Last time, which is what I mean, you know, like these are the things where it's like, once you take those choices away or you're making them for the character or whatever, um, it's just not as interesting. Totally. You're not learning about the character and who they are and why they're making those choices. And we learn everything about Miles Morales through the choice. And they're really great. Yeah. Great. Totally. And I appreciate that they waited until, frankly, the beginning of the last beat of the movie to have him finally ascend, because I think it would have been it would have been still cool and fun to watch if he had had this moment earlier in the movie of finally being like, woohoo, I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. But the fact that they waited until that moment, he failed a lot. He didn't have control over his powers. He was afraid. So having him go through those challenges and be trepidatious, but having those experiences so that when he does make this choice, it's that much more powerful, I thought was excellent storytelling. And yet it just made the moment that much cooler when it finally happened. Because it was so satisfying. It was and so then satisfying. So, like, thank you. Um, yeah, because yeah, there's like great moments though where he can't control his powers. Like I think like when uh, Peter B. Parker was like, and he can go invisible. And he's like, nah, I can't really. Not when I want yeah. to. And he's and like, he's- not when he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I mean, I love comedic beats like that that are so character driven and make sense and they're not stretching characters out of like who they're supposed to be to make them funny. It's mm-hmm. just like natural and totally makes sense in the situation and circumstances. And it's all of the, the circumstances are ridiculous. So it's so easy to sort of be like, yeah, this is absurd. What's yeah, happening? Totally. Um, yeah. So I'm really, I'm really, really excited about what's going to come next. I yeah. think, you know, I mean, they've opened up the, the doorway to so many more opportunities. So that's really exciting. Yeah. There's so many more spider characters out there too. So like, yes, Silk and like all these characters, there's so many great characters. We totally, you know, Jessica Drew, you know, there's just so many great characters that could be introduced. Julia Carpenter. I'm just excited. Yeah. No, me too. Characters that I'm like, ready. I know. And now, now for the sequel, it's like, okay, 
Okay. <laughs> like, you guys cracked open that door, so now I want you guys to bust it the fuck down and introduce a whole shit ton of great female characters, too. I mean, Gwen Stacy's great. Gr- yeah. Gwen, well, I mean, Gwen, uh, Spider Gwen, Spider Woman, Ghost Spider, whatever you want to call her. She's mm-hmm. great. But I really, really, really want to see Jessica Drew and Julia Carpenter and Silk and, like, all yeah. these fucking awesome Spider women, basically. Totally. Like, yeah. It'd be really exciting to see, like, Peter Parker's Mayday Parker from the future, who's, like, the daughter that Peter Parker, like, never had, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. the, you know, the normal universe. But, like, she's really fucking badass and, like, had, like, the longest-running comic book series of a female character in Marvel history. Oh, that's awesome. And, yeah, she's fucking stellar. So she would be really cool to show up. Yeah, so there's a lot of great female spider characters that I would love to see pop up. Yeah. So that's be that, yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, but totally. I mean I loved everyone that we saw in this. So Oh totally. And I wanted to mention Kimiko Glenn voiced the part of Penny Parker and she is from Orange is the New Black and she's fucking fabulous. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so I just wanted to make mention of that. Oh, of course, of course. As as one needs to. <laughs> no, totally yeah, but she's no, a really so, fun act. No, totally. That's legitimately awesome. And that was another name when she popped up. I got really excited because it made me retroactively more excited for the movie. The fact that all these people that I happen to be already fans of were in it, like her and then Catherine Hahn. So yes. many cool actors and actresses. I was like, yes, yes. Yeah, I loved Olivia Octavius's voice. I thought they did a really cool job. Like she sounded so mature and smart and just like, yeah, she just sounded great. She just sounded really great. Yeah. Um, loved her voice. Like, her voice reminded me of, like, my mom's voice, which is really deep. And, like... Oh, cool. Um, like, a woman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, not like I'm a woman, but, like, a woman. Like, I am a woman. <laughs> I am a mature, intelligent woman. Exactly. And I was like, I like this. Yeah. This voice, and I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for this. I'm for this choice. Yes. So... Yes. I want to take this quiz. Okay. Yay. So... Giselle found this quiz where you get to take it and find out which Spider-Verse, Spider-Man character are you? Or, mm-hmm. you know, one of the main Spider-People. Right. Of the, of the different Spider-People. Which yeah. one are you? And it's on BuzzFeed, so you guys can easily find it and take it yourself if you want to tell us which Spider-Person you wind up being. So we're going to take it. We're excited. Exactly. I'm very excited. Yes. Okay. So let's just, we'll bounce back and forth over the, fir- the, qu- the questions and like what the options are. And then we'll just say which ones we chose. Yeah. Awesome. So, okay. You go first. Question one. First things first, what's for dinner? Our options are a delicious looking burrito, a pepperoni mm. pizza. Does that look like a turkey sandwich? Turkey sandwich? Like a turkey sandwich. Turkey sandwich. Okay. Uh, Way too much lettuce. I know. I know. Right. Gross. No, I, I guess we're, neither of us are choosing the turkey sandwich. Hard pass, guys. Hard pass. Hard pass. Yeah. Uh, some Chinese takeout. Yummy. A hamburger or sushi. That hamburger looks good. I know. I don't know. Now, I'm starving. I'm starving right now. So everything <laughs> looks good. I'm like, that I'm, looks good. That looks good. Now I'm going to assume as one with spider powers that no matter what I eat, it does not affect me negatively. Yes? Are we? Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. I'm making that choice. So in well, I mean, Spider, I mean, Peter B. Parker had a little gut going on, so. Oh, hey, 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 hey. No, no body shaming. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm choosing no consequences. Therefore, oh, damn. This is hard. You know what? I, I'm going to go for that burger. 
go for the burger. I'm going to go for the pizza because I don't eat pizza a lot, but I fucking love it. <laughs> Wouldn't we eat pizza every day if we could? I mean, let's be honest. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to choose that this burger has also bacon in it. So yeah. Ba- burger. Yeah. So. Okay. So the second question is a little more visually related though, guys, this is kind of hard, but it says pick a spider. So the first option is like a black one. Like tarantula like- kind of spider. Branchalish, brown marks. The second one is like a very robotic spider, so I guess we can all guess which one that one's going to relate to. Penny! Yeah. <laughs> um, um, the third one is sort of like this ridiculous one, like it's, four eyes. It's like furry and brown. Yeah, the legs are a little shorter and the eyes are big. Like those. The, or a weird, cute one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the fourth one is like, has cool, like, multicolored legs they're purple and blue which i really am finding on i like it the legs are longer and skinnier more like a traditional spider yeah i like that one the the next one the fifth one is very cartoony don't know if this is a real spider (laughs) i don't know what's happening it looks absurd it looks like a cartoon face with like a on a real spider maybe i don't know guys i'm not a spider specialist yeah it's like it, it has, like, the shorter legs. It's very fuzzy with the huge, huge, huge eyes. It's, it's more in the vein of cute again. Yeah, and white. And it's white. Yeah. And then the last one is, like, like fire engine color. It looks like a like brown Orange, window. red, and, like, Ugh. yeah, it's a little scarier looking. Yeah. Those are our choices. I did my best. <laughs> I'm going to go with the cartoony one you described where it has like the big eyes and it's all white and fuzzy. Cause like, that's the kind where if it were crawling on me, I wouldn't flick it off. I'd say, Hey there, little buddy. I would flick that one off and be like, what the fuck are you? I would flick <laughs> all of these off. I'm not kidding. They're all scary. Um, yeah. I'm not, uh, yeah, spiders. No, but really I like <laughs> spiders. I mean, come on, but yeah, that's I okay. think I'll go with the purple and blue legged one. Just oh God. Kind of- that one I'd kill on sight. Not going. <laughs> I just like the colors. <laughs> I just like the colors. Okay. So question three, pick a mode of transportation. The first one, a motorcycle. The second yeah. one, the subway. Well, I do that every day. <laughs> the third one, a <laughs> Jeep going through the mud. The fourth one is like a drone helicopter kind of thing. It's like a modern helicopter where it has the horizontal wheel thingamajig. Yeah, it has like four horizontal whirly blade things. Yeah. Uh, fifth one, taxi. Or the sixth one, a zeppelin. Which is, it's a blimp, you guys. A blimp. I prefer a <laughs> zeppelin, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a blimp. It's a, it's, it's a blimp. It's a blimp. Okay. Um, what, do you, what do you think? I'm picking the motorcycle. Yeah? Yeah. I think I'm going to go, I, I do the subway every day. I can't, I'm going to go, I, just, I can't, the Jeep is too dirty. Taxis. No, thank you. And a blimp. I don't think, no, I'm going to go with the, um, helicopter drone. Oh, okay. Machine. Yeah. Cool. You know, get, okay. Really get there fast. Yeah. Get there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm picking the motorcycle because a it's cool and B then I can like weave through people. True. And then I feel like a okay. badass. Yeah. No, I love it. I'm just, I, I'm scared of driving a motorcycle and like, dying so fair and smart (laughs) okay really quick for so many years i wanted to get a motorcycle so badly but my mom literally said if you get that i will disown you good call yeah and you know you know what so many years later younger me would be so mad at me for saying this i'm kind of glad she said that (laughs) it's one of the rare times where ah thanks mom thanks mom 
Thanks for. I never watched the motorcycle. They always freaked me out. I don't okay. know why. I, I still think they're cool. It's terrible. Okay. Next question. The next one is choose a city to protect. So the first option is Paris. Okay. Which great. The second option is San Francisco. Mm-hmm. The third one is Dubai. The fourth one is Marrakesh. The fifth one, New York City, mm-hmm. baby. And the, the sixth one is Berlin. Ooh. So which city would you protect? I do love my New York City. And I stick with New York. Well, you know, you know, it's it's tough because these are all such cool places, but New York has such I mean, I've never been to New York, sadly. But I'm trying to get her here, you guys. I try. <laughs> I went to LA. I went to California. He did. He did do that. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and, I mean, as far as someone who's seen New York through so much media over the years, there's just something so undeniably cool about New York. I, I agree. <laughs> I'm a native New Yorker. I agree. And I lived in San Francisco for a couple of years, but I'm like, eh, she's fine. The only thing she needs protection from is tech bros. Which I w- actually come to think of it, that would be really cool. Just being like, no, stop tech bros. Stop being a douche at the You're dive like bar. them all up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to choose Paris though because. Paris. Paris is hot. Paris I love is, Paris. Paris know, is amazing. Right? I'm going to choose Paris because then in between being a superhero, I can be like, cafe au lait, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like that. Oh, my God, that your French was so good. Oh, my God. Thank you. That was just my French laugh. <laughs> <laughs> my French giggle. <laughs> um, <all right. laughs> so, next. Français, giggle. Um, so, G- I think I'll. Giggle. God, that's terrible. I hate myself. Anyway, I'm um, <laughs> going to go with New York. I'll go with New York. Okay, good choice. Good choice. It's a classic. You know, I mean, that's where they all are from. I, that's that's Marvel. That's like the Marvel place to be. I know, right? So, next question. Which type of music are you usually listening to? Options are pop, rock, hip-hop, country. Sorry, not sorry. Metal. No, not sorry at all. Mm-hmm. Not sorry. Mm-mm. Metal or electronic. I'm going to have to go with rock. Yeah. Rock, I think. Not too heavy rock. Like, you know, pop rocky. Yeah. But I'm, not pop pop. Right. No, no, I get yeah. no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with electronic, but like two thousands trip hop with an eighties synth wave electronic. Okay. I got you. Yeah, yeah, not like not like house music. No, like massive attack. Like you know massive attack? Yes. That's yes. that that's that kind of music. That kind of yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so okay. it's very like moody because you know if I'm going to be in Paris being a superhero, I want to feel <laughs> really moody and cool when I have my cool little motorcycle waiting for me. True, true. You or know? Berlin, you could do that in Berlin too. That'd well, they good. are close to each other. I could just hop from one. Oh, uh, that's oh true. You could go back. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to choose electronic. Okay, so okay. pick a crime to stop. First option is bank robbery. Second option is mugging. Third option is jaywalking, <laughs> which I love. Fourth is vandalism. Fifth is carjacking. And sixth is identity theft. Huh. Okay, the jaywalking one cracks me up because in New York you would never stop because everyone jaywalks all the time. I would pay so much money to see someone try stop jaywalkers <laughs> in New York. It would never work. It would just never happen. Yes. What's your? Uh, what do you think? You know what? There's something undeniably fun about stopping a bank robbery. Mm. You know, there's something classic about stopping a mugging. So I'm gonna go yeah, with mugging. Okay, I mean they're they're the top two classics. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think those are the ones that everybody does. Yeah. I mean, those are nefarious acts, typically, you know, no matter the context. Like, usually those are bad things to do. Absolutely. Yeah. So, which Spider-Verse person are you, James? I got Peter Parker. (gasps) Blonde Peter Parker? I don't know. It doesn't specify. Oh. But... I am original, quick-witted, and pure of heart. Oh. I want what's best for the people I care about, and I'll go to great lengths to keep them safe and happy. I might not know it, but people around me are trying to be more like me. Oh, my All God. The time. Oh, my God. I'm getting really worried. I do know it. <laughs> I do know it. <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm just so in awe of you right now. Like, Thank you. It's easy you now. Yeah. So, okay. Which less Spider-Man character did you get? I got Spider Gwen. <gasps> Love! That's awesome! Yeah. That makes sense. I Oh, thank you. I am cool, confident, and dangerously effective under pressure. <laughs> I don't sweat the little things, and I'm able to focus on my goals and crush anyone who tries to stop me from achieving them. I am unstoppable. Unstoppable! Oh my god. <laughs> you did not. You did not. You did not. I did. <laughs> The <laughs> live, damn it! <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah. Gwenpool is great, and it totally makes sense with all the choices you made. The electronic motorcycle. That's true. Yeah, this makes cool. absolute sense. Yeah, and I do love that little shaved look she rocks in the movie. Yeah, she has the side. Yeah, the shaved side was cool. It looks good on everyone. I just love that aesthetic in general because you know you're a New Yorker. You I'm are a New Yorker, originally yeah. born and raised. Thank you. You were very passionate <laughs> about your city, very Peter Parker. Yes, I love the picture of him too because he's holding—he's definitely holding a mug of coffee. So, oh my God, it's James, everyone. <laughs> it, it, it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. perfect. And this one, the photo they used for Spider Gwen is she's wearing—it's so cute—they're turquoise point shoes. And I was oh, yeah. like, well, I love the fact that they included those in the movie version, mm-hmm. which is like very much a ballerina. And like, I, rating, I, used, I used to be a ballerina and I still take oh, classes. Right. And I take classes for fun now as a hobby. So it's like, yeah, this is, this is pretty much me, you guys. Yeah. I'm totally yeah. a superhero. Don't, don't get it twisted. She's yeah. just basically a redhead version of Gwen. Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. And like you're pretty much Peter Parker. Yeah, I'm just a really gay version of Peter Parker. And brunette. Exactly. I, God, my hair would be so uncomfortable in that mask. I would have to put like in a man bun. It would like bump up the back. It would look ridiculous. Oh my I God. Kind of love it. Or I'd have it stick out the back. They should have a Spider-Man with a, with a man bun. There you go. The you have the, yeah. And then you have like the hair coming out. God. I love it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so we created Spider Vamp, did we not? We did. And we then did. we've created another AU where he has the ponytail or the man bun, whatever you're in the mood with. Spider hipster, hipster spider, hipster, something like that. Hipster spider. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not right. a great name, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. There's got to be some universe with Hipster Spider. And he's still a photographer, but it's like an old camera. It's film, not digital. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's taking a lot of selfies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's actually... Jameson's like, why are these all self-selfies? Like an influencer. He doesn't, you know, he works for like... He's the Daily Bugle, like, Snapchat 
guy. He does the social, yeah, he does the social media. He has like so many followers and that's actually the reason why he's so important is because dudes, but dude, like hipster Spider-Man, he has like 3 million followers and he talks every day about being blessed. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed and he's like a vegan. Ew, don't stop. Stop right now. (laughs) Too far. (laughs) Too far. (laughs) Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was really funny. We didn't really dive that much into what the story was, but, you know, it's fine. You get it. You get it. And also the story, it's so multifaceted. I think it it would have taken like three hours to break down the story itself. This is, um, I mean, basically Kingpin wants to open up a dimensional portal thing to get his wife and kid back and then everything goes crazy. Yeah, and then, of course, in doing so, universes literally start crumbling upon each other. And I want to say this quickly, another cool setup and payoff, or not, pardon me, not a setup and payoff, but a cool beat in this movie was the final battle. Kingpin is once again strangling Spider-Man, but it's Miles Morales' Spider-Man. And every single Vanessa from every single universe sees him doing this. So he winds up just doing the same thing and then corrupting every universe. So it's like, ah... Yeah. Self-fulfilling prophecy. No, exactly. I mean, Kingpin is never a good person overall inside. Yeah. But what I thought was interesting was like, he's very different. This Kingpin is different from, you know, the one that we've seen in Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really nice the way that they differentiate. I mean, he's such a familiar character now. So mm-hmm. you have to figure out a way to kind of like keep making him different enough to be interesting. So I think that was really cool. Like, that's a nice twist on yeah. the expectations because Vanessa in the Daredevil show is kind of, like, on board for evil Kingpin. Oh, like, she knows. bitch, and I like her a lot. Oh, I love uh, her. She knows, and she just goes, okay. Okay. I'll just go live in Europe and wait for you. Yeah. And then she's, like, telling him how to run it better. And li- Did you watch the last season? No, I didn't. Watch the watch it. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I know people had, like, differing opinions on it, but I liked it. Anyway, you guys, thank you so much. You went off on another tangent at the end there, but it's all Marvel related. So yeah, there you go. Oh, rating system. Oh my God. Yes. What? How many radiated spiders do you give this? Radiated spiders? That, uh, mallets that can fit into pockets or is that too convoluted? Which one? What? Mallets that can fit into pockets. (laughs) (laughs) To bring it back to spider ham, the hero. (laughs) Sure. We can do that. That just rolls off the tongue. We don't have to. It's so it's so such a labored thing to say. Now I think we have no now we have to. Okay. All right. Because you made it really complicated. Yes, I did. <laughs> you had a nice apropos suggestion and I steamrolled it. Anyway, so um, We had radiated spiders, guys. I'm just saying. Okay, but irradiated spiders. Let's do it. No, 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 no. We're gonna we're gonna have a fight about it first <laughs> and then we're definitely gonna have malice that could fit in pockets as our rating system out of five mallets that can fit well, in no, pockets. No, you get to go first how many <laughs> how many mallets in pockets do you give this <laughs> i give it honestly i give it four and a half out of five this was yeah. a terrific fucking movie because of everything we just said it was exhilarating fun heartfelt well-paced thoughtfully made visually fucking stunning a beautiful combination of sound and visuals and acting and storytelling and hands down the best spider-man movie we've ever seen yeah it's fucking awesome fuck yeah into the universe (laughs) fuck yeah (laughs) fuck yeah (laughs) 
I'm going to give it one mallet. Because <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> the stupid rating system. No, I give it um, four mallets in pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four and a quarter. I don't how do you, I don't know. Yes. It's something like that. It's really, really fucking great. This is like such a fun movie. The characters are fucking awesome. The storytelling is off the chain. Good. The character voices are so good. The, like they're so definable. Each character not taking a lot to define who they are. I mean, it's just, it's just like really, really fucking good. I want to mm-hmm. see it again. Yeah. Can't wait for it to come out and see it again. Oh, totally. I want to see this again in theaters and that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And this is, yeah, this is, if not the best, one of the best Spider-Man movies ever made. Oh, totally. Hands down. Yeah. So yeah, go check it out. You guys, if you haven't yet, I'm, I, I mean, I find it hard to believe that anyone's listening to us that hasn't seen it. Yeah. So, but if you haven't get the fuck out there. Yeah. For God's sake, go see it. <laughs> Live your best life. Yeah. Go see it. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Butter hipster over here. All right. Well, until next time, you guys. Thank you. Thank you so oh, much. Um, don't forget to rate, review, yes. spread the word. Tell everybody you've ever met. Tell all the spider people. All, all of the them. Spiders. Reach out to every universe. And tell them. Tell Let them, them know. Yeah. Tell them. Okay. Find AUS so we can all listen to each other and it'll be fun. Oh, that would be a really a terrible show, wouldn't it? Like, uh, terrible <laughs> like and amazing. That would be awful. <laughs> anyway, I think one of us is enough. One of each of us. Oh, all enough. right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, everyone, please share, rate, all that fun stuff, and subscribe. And thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you. All right. And until next time, everyone, bye-bye. Bye. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Does whatever Spider-Man, Spider-Man can. can. It's a whip, any size. Catches villains, just like, no. Catches bugs, catches. Anyway, you got it. <laughs> uh, Spider Man. <laughs> Spider hipster. Spider hipster. <laughs>